Welcome to the SLP Now podcast, and this is a very special episode. It's off of the regular schedule, um, but we are participating in the SLP Connect Pod Conference, and I'm incredibly excited to have Liliana Vasquez with us today. Um, and so just a little bit about Liliana, we'll definitely learn more about her through the podcast. Um, but she is a certified licensed bilingual speech language pathologist who currently practices in Chicago, Illinois. Um, and she has extensive experience serving bilingual populations. And she works pre predominantly with bilingual, bilingual Spanish speaking students in general education programs, blended preschool, and low incidence programs. So lots and lots of expertise and knowledge from. Liliana. Um, and then before we dive into all of the juicy content, um, we just wanted to take a quick second to share our financial disclosures. Um, so I am Marisha Metz, and I'll be interviewing Liliana and um, just facilitating the discussion on how to diversify our speech therapy materials and just talking about why representation and inclusivity um, in the speech room matters. Um, but I am the founder of SLP Now, and I do receive compensation for the sale of um, those memberships. Um, and then Liliana, do you want to give us a quick recap of your financial disclosures? Yes. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Liliana Diaz Vasquez. Um, I am a TPT author. Um, I have my own website at bilingualspeechu.com. Um, and I do um, get paid for my resources um, that I provide for SLPs and teachers. Awesome. And then we don't have any relevant non-financial disclosures to share. Um, so we get to dive right in. Um, so Liliana, you've been on the podcast before. So if people want to listen back to episode 54, um, they can hear a little bit more about your experience working with bilingual students. Um, but, but in case people haven't listened in, um, I'm curious if you can tell us a little bit about your experience with the bi your bilingual populations and how you ended up there and then kind of lead us into um, like your experience with diversifying your speech therapy materials and just kind of a quick recap of how you ended up being um, an awesome resource on this topic. Yes, um, thank you so much uh, once again for having me back on here. It's such a pleasure. Um, yeah, for those of you guys that, you know, are listening and don't know um, who I am, um, as I said, my name is Liliana Diaz-Vasquez, um, and I am a school-based uh, speech-language pathologist. Um, I have been working with the bilingual population for the last, I think now going on seven years um, as a bilingual SLP um, in the public school system. Um, I was born and raised in Chicago. Um, I'm first generation Mexican American. Um, and I, you know, speak English and Spanish fluently. Um, most of the students that I currently work with are predominantly Spanish speakers, um, although I do uh, also work with students who both speak e English and Spanish. Um, and I work full time in a predominantly Latinx community um, in Chicago. Um, and yeah, and I've been working with um, 
my students that are enrolled in um, blended preschool programs, in our low incidence programs. Um, and overall, I feel like it's been, you know, quite a journey um, from when I first started, um, you know, started this kind of path of providing resources and, you know, just talking about bilingualism. Um, it's, it's always been a passion of mine since um, I was in school. You know, it's, it's a population that I knew I wanted to work with. Um, and I'm like deeply invested in just kind of all of the research and best practices for working with diverse populations. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it, I'm, I'm really just kind of, how would I say, just happy where I am right now, um, overall. And, you know, today, just talking about diversity and diversifying our speech therapy materials is, is definitely a topic that sits really near to my heart. Um, it's a topic that I can greatly relate to growing up as a first-generation Mexican-American living on the south side of Chicago and attending the public school system from kindergarten to high school. Um, and I'm so glad to be sharing my experiences with you and the listeners, as well as um, my current self-reflections about my own personal journey through the education system. Um, I attended an elementary school that had a large Latinx student population, and I was very fortunate to have diverse teachers who were Black, Latinx, white, Asian, and Arabic all throughout elementary school and high school. And that factor alone, you know, not many can say they grew up with that. So I'm very thankful for the wonderful teachers I had growing up. But if you were to ask me to recall stories or literature or lessons where I saw my own culture reflected upon or where I saw a mirror image of my own cultural identity being Latina being Mexican, I, I can't really tell you or give you an example of a book that deeply resonated with who I am because all of the stories I ever read in school were about white protagonists or characters. Um, and I think back to the stories I read in school, such as The Giver, Harry Potter, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, The Outsiders, and these were all primarily white characters. Now, I don't think that at the time when I was younger that it bothered me much because I was simply reading what I was being assigned and I didn't question it because you couldn't, of course. Um, I kind of grew up with that mentality with um, what your teacher assigns you, you just kind of have to do. But I will say now that I reflect upon the literature that I read, I definitely feel like I missed out on a lot of opportunities to learn about my own culture in the school setting. And I feel like I could have learned about Mexico's rich cultural history a lot sooner. Um, I'm very grateful for my parents because they have always taught me to be proud of who I am. And they have shared and taught me all about these traditions. But if I didn't have that, then I would have never learned about who I am and where my family comes from. And not all students 
are fortunate to have families that are invested in embracing their own cultural practices, teachings, identities, for whatever the reason may be. And those are the students on our caseload that we really need to think about. Um, now, we may ask, like, why is that? Why are students of color not learning about their own culture in school? Well, um, perhaps one of the reasons is because most books don't include people of color as the main character in the story. Um, current statistics from the Cooperative Children's Book Center, or CCBC, at the University of Wisconsin-Madison show that the percentages of children's books depicting main characters from diverse backgrounds are lower than the number of books with main characters who are animals. And the CCBC, they collect data on books by and about people of color. And their data shows that 11% of main characters in children's books are Black or African, 1% are Native American, 5% are Latinx, 8% are Asian or Asian American, 0.05% are Pacific Islander, 41% are white, and about 30% are about animals or other characters. And Additionally, 3% of books have a main character with a disability, and 3% um, have a main character who identify as LGBTQ. Now, just kind of let those statistics sink in for a while. It's really mind-boggling. Um, and if you're interested, you can view these statistics and how they attained them on their website at CCBC education.wisc.edu. But as you can see, almost half of the books are about white characters and 30% are about animals. So what can we do to improve the situation? Um, well, we can definitely choose to include more diverse books in our therapy materials as SLPs and for several main reasons. Um, so before I explain why we need to diversify our speech therapy materials. We need to talk about why representation in books matters. So plain and simple, representation matters because the world is so diverse. Our caseloads are so diverse. So why wouldn't we demonstrate diversity in our materials as well? Um, all children have the right to be seen in the stories we are providing to them. And in this diverse world that we live in, every child should have the right to be able to pick up a book and find themselves in the story. Um, I want to quote the famous Rudine Sims Bishop, um, who is a professor of education at The Ohio State University. Um, she's also a literary, uh, literary scholar and has taught courses on children's literature um, she's also won several awards and has conducted research and has advocated about the representation of Black people in children's literature. She wrote an article called um, Mirrors, Windows, and Sliding Glass Doors, which is often cited because of its strong advocacy for the inclusion of diverse voices in literature for children. And I want to just quickly read an excerpt from the article because her words are so powerful. 
So I quote, when children cannot find themselves reflected in the books they read, or when the images they see are distorted, negative, or laughable, they learn a powerful lesson about how they are devalued in the society of which they are a part of. Our classrooms need to be places where all children from all cultures that make up the salad bowl of American society can find their mirrors. Children from dominant social groups have always found their mirrors in books, but they too have suffered the lack of availability of books about others. They need the books as windows into reality, not just on imaginary worlds. They need books that will help them understand the multicultural nature of the world they live in and their place as a member of just one group as well as their connections connections to other humans, end quote. Now, this article is incredible because everything Rudine Sims Bishop discusses is 100% true. You can find the article online by searching the title Mirrors, Windows, and Sliding Glass Doors. I definitely recommend reading it. Um, Diverse books can help our students understand those who are different and help them reflect upon their own experiences. Our students who are marginalized should be able to see themselves in the storybook so they too can relate to the story. And we need to be able to allow our students to feel included in society and create positive views of themselves and positive views about what they can achieve. Um, I would also like to point out that it is important that SLPs and teachers are not only choosing to use diverse books when they have a diverse caseload. Um, White children or dominant groups within our schools also should be exposed to diverse books and materials. And I'll give you an example at my school. Um, I primarily work with Latinx students who most are Mexican, although some of my students are Puerto Rican or Guatemalan, um, but I can definitely say that Mexicans are the dominant group at the school. Um, And although a lot of my materials include teachings about the Mexican culture, I also like to include books and materials from other cultures as well. Um, My students also need to learn that there are other interesting and beautiful cultures that exist besides the dominant group or besides the bubble that they are familiar with. So reading books that represent different abilities, cultures, uh, beliefs, and skin colors um, help us change our attitude towards these differences. And it can help us understand those who are different than us and their experiences. Um, And if we only read about characters that reflect our own image or reality, then we are more likely to believe that our own experience is more important or more valid than those that are unfamiliar to us. So we need to be able to have new perspectives um, that reflect the reality of the communities that we live in, which leads me to my next reason um, why we need to diversify our therapy materials. Um, We need to be able to reflect the reality of our communities. The reality in the school that I work at is that many of my students come from immigrant families who migrated to the United States, um, and several of my students have experienced the hardships of deportation of a family member 
or fearing that their family member will get deported or having limited access to resources because of the fear of deportation. Diverse children's books can definitely be used as a resource um, to help with these tough topics. And books like these might provide hope, um, might help bring comfort, might help bring awareness, or um, just overall, just it's, it's these books that, you know, our students need, like really need. Um, and this is just one mere example on the topic of immigration. However, um, we can find other books that demonstrate other real struggles and challenges that exist in our communities, such as books about equality, books about um, di- di- uh, divorced parents, about uh, gender identity, or books about loss. Um, there is just so much more to our communities than just a perfect square. And our students need to see that and just and learn about that. And um, I'll definitely give some titles um, or examples of books a little later on um, for books on these specific topics. But um, just moving on to another reason why we need to diversify our speech materials is so that we can create an environment of inclusivity. Um, So as I mentioned earlier on from the statistics from the CCBC, um, only 3% of books have a main character with a disability, or as I I like to say, a difference. Um, And as SLPs, we work with a wide range of communication disorders and people who have a wide range of disabilities. Um, So we should definitely be using materials that reflect those differences so our students can feel like they too can be the hero in a story. Um, And I'll give you an example of an in-service I did with a special education teacher at my school. Um, The special education teacher and I wanted to do an in-service for our student body. And we decided that we would focus on educating the gen ed students about autism and also tie it into um, AAC because most of our students with autism used communication devices. And we had the teachers bring the students into the library um, since at the time we didn't have an auditorium. And we showed an episode of Arthur um, called When Carl Met George. And the episode is about one of Arthur's friends um, named George. And in the episode, uh, George makes a new friend um, named Carl, who is very interested in trains. And then uh, George later finds out that Carl has Asperger's syndrome and sees the world a lot differently than most people. And just overall, it's a really great episode um, because I really feel like the show explained autism in such an easy and understandable way for children of all ages to understand. And overall, the students at my school really enjoyed it. And we were able to talk about what autism is and also discuss uh, communication disorders that often coexist, coexist with autism. And we had several of our students from our low incidence program talk about their AAC devices to the students. Um, And it was definitely a therapy lesson that I remember, which had the most impact on my students. They, They were just so eager and so excited to show off their devices. And 
for once were really included in the lesson. And that is creating an environment of inclusivity. Um, during the lesson, um, I was also able to tie in my students' goals. Uh, most of my students were working on expressing a, a variety of communicative functions on their devices, and they definitely were able to do that. So SLPs can be inclusive in their lessons and still tie it in to their student speech therapy goals. Um, our students need to experience a sense of belonging and feel that they are valued. And um, after the lesson, I definitely felt like it reduced the amount of staring from the gen ed students whenever my students would use their device in the hallway or whenever they were experiencing sensory difficulties in the hallway. Um, it allowed the gen ed students to learn about the differences that exist amongst our, their peers. Um, and teaching our students to be inclusive can also help reduce possible, possible bullying in the schools. Um, think about our speech students who have communication disorders such as stuttering or delays or use communication devices. Um, teachers and SLPs need to bring more awareness to these differences so that our students don't get bullied. And so students can learn to understand one another um, we have to establish the positive atmospheres or climates in our schools. And we can do that through the materials and lessons we are teaching, which brings me to my next point, um, why we need to diversify our therapy materials. We need to create a positive learning environment. And um, as I mentioned earlier, I, I work with primarily Latinx students who are the dominant group at the school. Um, most of my students speak Spanish. And as most of you know, there is a wide range of different dialects that exist within the Spanish language. I love incorporating books where my students can learn new ways to say a word in Spanish. And it really makes them accept that there are many differences amongst the languages that we speak as well. Um, one of my colleagues just recently told me about a book called uh, Rafi and Rossi uh, by Lulu Delacre, which uses um, rich Puerto Rican vocabulary throughout the book. So this is a book that I would definitely want to use with my students. Um, but by using uh, diverse therapy materials, our students can learn about different variations of languages. Um, these variations also exist in English, and perhaps we can find books that have rich vocabulary where our students can learn many ways or different ways to say a word. Um, and aside from learning about different language variations, you know, we can teach our students about just overall the, the rich history and traditions that are important to a cultural group. So definitely keep those in, uh, points in mind, um, the points that I mentioned, you know, strive to create a positive learning environment and overall inclusivity and um, representation. What an amazing overview. Thank you so much for breaking that down um, and just in terms of the benefits of using those materials. And I love how you gave a couple examples of what that actually looked like um, in your therapy and in your settings. That was really cool and helpful. Thank you.
Um, so now that we're all on board on using more diverse therapy materials and we've got lots of kind of uh, rationale behind that, um, how would you go about, because you shared some suggestions for materials, um, but how would you go about, like, what factors would you consider when selecting those materials? Like, where do you look? Where do you start? Um, any tips or suggestions that you're willing to share? Yeah, so um, there's definitely a lot of considerations that, you know, SLPs or teachers should definitely think about prior to selecting or buying um, materials. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to outline some questions that you can ask yourself prior to choosing um, materials. Um, and, you know, these, these aren't in any specific order, but um, these are definitely questions that you should ask yourself. So um, the first one being definitely ask yourself who wrote it, um, is the author of the book or the therapy material from the culture that is being depicted. Um, definitely know about the community you work in. Really, you know, strive to educate yourself about what kind of community you, you are in. Uh, what does that population look like? Um, avoid books with negative attitudes towards a group. Um, any books with heavy negative bias or books that express um, stereotypes. Um, ask yourself, is the book accurate or is the material accurate? Are the events um, that, that are talked about, are those accurate? Does it align correctly um, to the historical events that you are teaching or talking about? Um, also make sure to, uh, you know, uh, make sure that the, the material or the, that you are selecting is age appropriate, um, with age appropriate vocabulary. Um, and then lastly, I would also make sure that the vocabulary in the book aligns with the culture or the group being represented. Um, and I'll give you an example, um. So as I said earlier, I, I work with a lot of um, students who are Mexican. Um, now just kind of imagine reading a book that is talking about the Mexican culture and traditions, but using vocabulary that doesn't necessarily represent that group. So just, you know, make sure that the vocabulary also in, in, in the book is, is accurate as well. Awesome. And then how, what would be a good way to find out if, something is accurate like do you have any tips in navigating that um well you know definitely doing a kind of like once again a search or a just kind of studying um or knowing like I said the community that you are working at in and um overall like what exactly are you trying to teach or what exactly are um, is the lesson that you are trying to cover. Like I would, I would do some research um, prior to, like I said, buying the books or the material um, and just kind of learn about, let's say, just for an example, say you're doing something on um, like Black History Month um, and you, you just want to do research to really um, educate yourself prior to picking any materials so that you know you know, what to talk about or, you know, what exactly you're going to be teaching. Perfect. Um, and then I think one strategy 
too, to kind of help narrow down the text that we're choosing or whatever content is to look at who the author is. Um, so I know on Amazon, a lot of times it gives you like a little bio of the author, author mm-hmm. um, or we're doing a Google search. Um, that's definitely not like a foolproof method, but I think if the author is from that culture, um, there's a much lar- bigger, larger chance that that's going to be accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah, like, like I said earlier, these are definitely the questions that should be kind of going on in your head as you are picking um, materials um and and yeah who wrote it is definitely um important you you want you know the information just to be depicted accurately Mm -hmm. and I know there's a lot of like book lists and things out there um in terms of recommendations made Mm -hmm. by people people from different cultures um so that might be a good way to jumpstart that search as well yeah, yeah. And then, and, and like I said, I'll definitely give some examples of some of my favorite materials um, that okay. I like using. Um, and as well as like some just, I, I have like a list that I, that I could talk about. Ooh, let's do it. Okay. Um, so the there's, there's several books that I have in my collection. And I know that it's so easy to fall into the popular speech therapy books that are often talked about or used in therapy. Um, I myself, I'm guilty of using those books as well. And, you know, these are books like there was an old lady who swallowed a fly. Um, if you give a mouse a cookie, um, etc. Um, and don't get me wrong. You know, those are great books that allow SLPs to target a variety of goals Um, But you can also do that with diverse books as well. Um, So I'm going to give you some of my top recommendations of multicultural slash diverse books that I frequently use in therapy, as well as some speech therapy goal areas that you can target um, with these books. And um, for those listening, don't, you know, don't worry about having to write these down really quickly. Um, I also have these um, recommendations on my website um, at bilingualspeechy.com, um, as well as the, the goal areas that I'm going to, to mention. Um, so uh, I'm, I have these kind of separated by category. Um, so the first category that I have is um, multicultural books. Um, I really, really like um, the book called The Day You Begin um, by Jacqueline Woodson. Um, so this book is about feeling different um, or feeling like an outsider, but accepting who you are and where you come from. It, it, it has a really great message. Um, and I for, for this specific book, some goal areas that you can target are you know, learning to describe the characters in the story. Um, You can definitely do comparing and contrasting, answering questions from the story, describing emotions, um, understanding perspective of others, sequencing the events from the story, um, using helping verbs, and um, using conjunctions such as because um, with this book title. So definitely um, one of my favorites. Another one that also falls on, under this category of just multicultural books um, is one uh, called We're Different, We're the Same by Bobby Jane Cates. 
Um, this one's super cute. This book features Sesame Street characters um, and, and um, how overall how people show how we are all just different, but have overall many um, likenesses or very uh, lots of similarities. Um, and the book just overall just demonstrates that our differences um, is what makes us beautiful. So once again, it just it really has a really great message. Um, and goal areas for this book, you can definitely work on descriptive words, adjectives, um, once again, discussing emotions, because it has lots of um, pictures of people's faces. So you definitely target emotions, um, labeling verbs, comparing, contrasting, uh, building mean length of utterance through picture description, because it, it has lots of pictures in it. Um, answering WH questions like who has the orange nose because once again it has uh, Sesame Street characters so you can you know really work on those WH questions through the pictures it has um, or even like following directions such as you know point to the girl that is running um, so lots and lots of goals for that book um, for uh, the next one it same thing under the same category um, this one's called different and the same by Idaja and Itaya Broadham, and hopefully I'm saying that correctly. Um, this book is about twin sisters who explore their individuality and celebrate their sameness. So um, the book also demonstrates different activities that make each one unique. And by activities, I'm talking about all sorts of like verbs you could target with this one. Like I know in the story, you know, one girl likes painting, the other girl likes, you know, drawing. So definitely labeling verbs for this book, um, using adjectives once again, adverbs, um, definitely pronouns such as they or, you know, she, um, comparing contrasting, uh, once again, building mean length of utterance. Um, answering questions like who likes to sing, who likes to paint, um, and using conjunctions like she likes to sing and she likes to draw. So another good book with lots of goals that you can work on for language. Um, the next category um, are books about the Black culture. So um, these are books that I have in on my shelf as well. Uh, the first one is called Black is a Rainbow Color by Angela Joy. Um, this is a powerful book about a child who reflects on the meaning of being Black and ties it to her culture and her history. Um, it's also about normalizing the word Black and just being proud overall of your identity. Um, I love this book too to really discuss metaphors. Um, in the back of the book, there are poems. Um, and you can definitely, you know, work on writing goals um, and just overall discussing um, just literary goals, you know, figurative language, um, using adjectives once again. Um, it has lots of great vocabulary, such as words like freedom, community, culture, things that you can work on in therapy, and um, also really great pictures. So you can work on picture description as well. Um, another a book that also falls under this category. Um, it's called uh, Mar Mariama, uh, Different But Just the Same by Geronimo Cornelis. 
Um, and this book is about a girl from Africa that moves to a new country where she does not know the language and is unfamiliar with the culture. Um, it's a beautiful story about identity and the process of just integration and solidarity um, and, and goals that you can work on with this book as well is, you know, sequencing the events of the story because it really is this like long kind of narrative of, you know, wh where this little girl started. So you can definitely work on like, you know, first she did this, then she did that. Um, so sequencing, um, recalling and describing details from the story, um, making comparisons, um, and then also defining and using new vocabulary. Um, the back has a glossary of a variety of vocabulary words that are used throughout the book. So that one's also a good one. Um, hair love is another one. Um, so this book, um, it's called Hair Love by Matthew A. Cherry. And this book centers around the relationship between a black father and his daughter. And it tells the story of how the father must do his daughter's hair for the first time. Um, it's also about embracing and loving your natural hair. So I, I love this book and this one's super cute as well. Um, the goal areas that you can work on with this one is same thing, you know, sequencing events of the story, um, recalling, describing details. Um, this book also has a glossary in the back of vocabulary words, so you can work on vocabulary. Um, also, um, describing character emotions throughout the story and perspectives um, and answering questions as well. Um, and then another book, too, that also is under this category, um, Parker Looks Up by um, Parker Curry and Jessica Curry. And this book is about a little girl who goes to a museum and comes face to face with a portrait of First Lady Michelle Obama. Um, the little girl sees the possibility and promise and the hopes and dreams of like herself in the painting of Michelle Obama. It's a super symbolic book. Um, hi I highly recommend this one as well. Um, and with this one, um, you know, it has lots and lots of pictures. So once again, these, you know, language areas that you can really work on, like, you know, pronouns, adjectives, um, perspective taking, WH questions. Um, it, it's also a really good book for that as well. Um, now, moving on to a new category. Um, these are books about um, the Muslim religion. Um, there, this book is called Under My uh, Hijab by Hena Khan. Um, this book celebrates the many Muslim women and girls who wear hijabs and provides an introduction to what a hijab is. Um, the goal areas for this one is definitely, you know, talking about clothing, labeling, describing clothing, uh, recalling and describing details from the story, um, comparing, contrasting, um, once again, those WH questions, um, and sequencing as well, because it's also like a, a story that has like a lot of sequential order to it. So um, lots of goal areas for that one as well. Um, this one's one of my favorite, The Proudest Blue, um, a story of hijab and, fa and family by, and I'm, and I'm probably going to say this name wrong, but um, Ibati Muhammad. Um, this, this is a very 
powerful book about a girl named uh, Faisa and her first day of school. Um, and it, her older sister, Asaya, it's her first day of school and um, not everyone at school wears, you know, hijabs um, and they don't see it as beautiful. And, you know, the, the character in the story overall goes through these emotions of being hurt and confused and her sister kind of helps her, you know, throughout the book and stuff. So this one also, I really, really like this book. Um, you can definitely also cover labeling, describing clothing, um, those emotions, um, uh, comparing, contrasting adjectives. Um, it, it's also a great, great book. Um, and then moving on to a new category, um, books about divorce. I really think, you know, that these types of books are important as well. You know, as I mentioned earlier, our communities are not a perfect square. So, um, you know, books like these are can be so helpful um, to our students and so meaningful to our students. Um, the This is one of my favorites as well. It's called Monday, Wednesday, and Every Other Weekend by Karen Stanton. Um, and this book is about dealing with the many changes that come with having divorced parents. Um, it's about a boy who lives with his mother and father on different days of the week. Um, also has really great illustrations as well. Um, so picture descriptions, a big one for this one. Um, you can work on labeling the days of the week, um, recalling this, the details from the story. You can also use um, complex sentences with prepositions because um, in the story, uh, they start off a lot of the sentences with like on Monday, on Thursday, on Wednesday. So you could do that as well. Um, and then an, another book that's in a new category, this, th these are books about autism. Because um, as, as I had mentioned earlier, it's important to also be inclusive about the students that we are working with. Um, this one's called Too Sticky Sensory Issues with Autism by Jen Malia. Um, and this book is about a child who has autism and is dealing with sensory challenges. Um, and then she ends up receiving help from her family and her teacher through accommodations and encouragement um, in order to participate in this sensory activity where they're making, um, they are making like slime. <laughs> it was like slime, uh, which is difficult for her. And um, I like this book because you could definitely work on following directions and sequencing once again, because um, there's a slime activity included at the end of the book, and it, it comes with like instructions on how to make slime. So you can definitely tie it in, you know, to a hands-on activity when you're reading the story. Um, and um, you can definitely work on problem solving and talk about expected behaviors versus unexpected and character perspective with this one. Um, so that one's really great. Um, and then, you know, books about gender. Um, this, uh, this book title is called um, Pink is for Boys uh, by Rob Perlman. And this is a, a great book that helps rethink and reframe the stereotypical blue-pink gender by emphasizing that boys can like the color pink as well. Um, this one, you can also work on following directions. You can tell your student, um, point to the pink ball, point to the, you know, the blue car. Um, you can also work on adjectives by color and um, labeling verbs as well for this book as well.
Um, and then the second one under the same uh, category is called What Riley Wore by Alana K. Arnold. Um, and this book is about gender, a gender creative character named Riley who loves to wear whatever clothes feels right for the day. Um, then at the playground within the story, the, the character is confronted by a, a kid who asks Riley if, um, if Riley is a boy or a girl. Um, and in the book, the author doesn't really assign a gendered pronoun to the character um, because overall the book is about normalizing uh, gender expressions and, um, that people have and about being confidently non-binary. Um, so with this book, um, the character wears a lot of different clothing and, and just costumes. So you can work on labeling and describing clothing as well. Uh, adjectives because, you know, the character has, you know, different colored socks with different patterns. Um, labeling body parts because, you know, the character puts on different hats on his head and on his body. Um, and prepositions, you can work on, you know, glasses on Riley's face or children in the sandbox. So those are other, you know, goals you could target. Um, and then lastly, uh, this category books about the Latinx culture. Um, this, the first one is called um, Where Are You From? by Camille Side Mendez. Um, also these books that are in this category do come in um, Spanish as well. Um, in case you are looking for Spanish books. Um, and, and this book is about a girl that is constantly um, getting asked where she is from. Um, and she seeks advice from her grandfather who provides her with a very rich explanation. And the story is overall about just self-acceptance and cultural identity. Um, really, really great for vocabulary. There's so many rich vocabulary words in this book. Um, picture descriptions, the illustrations are really beautiful as well um, in answering WH questions from the story. Um, and then I'll give like maybe one more just because of time, but um, this one, let's see, the, um, there's uh, another book under this category called Alma and How She Got Her Name by Juana Martinez Neal. Um, and this book is about a little girl named Alma Sofia Esperanza Jose Pura Candela, um, who believes she has too many names. But throughout the book, she learns that the history that she carries with her name is beautiful and, you know, to overall be proud of her name. Um, and this one, you can work on conjunct conjunctions, like in the story, um, her grandmother loved books and poetry. You can work on picture descriptions, pronouns, recalling and describing details from the story as well. Um, so, I mean, I could keep going, Marisha. <laughs> There's so many books, but for time's sake, I'll, I'll end it here. First of all, you are so incredibly amazing. That was so helpful. Like, I feel like given your, just the how the hour has gone so far, like giving the rationale, giving us some tools that we can use to like make decisions and kind of select really great materials. And then you took it one step further and just put together this amazing list for us to start with. And then the speech therapy goal areas, that is so <laughs> incredibly practical and helpful. I love it. Um, and I will put the link to your blog post in the show notes. So if anyone um, 
is having trouble finding that link, it is absolutely amazing. It's just, it's pretty much an outline of all of the tips Liliana gave today. And then it gives all of the links to the books and the goal areas. It's a phenomenal resource. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, these are really great books that I really think every SLP should have in their library books. Um, And, um, you know, just one thing I want to mention, you know, topics like race, culture, gender, you know, can often come up as we are working with our students. And especially if you're going to be using, you know, diverse materials. Um, and as I mentioned before, it's it's really important to create exposure to these conversations for our students in order to, you know, guide their learning towards being, you know, really loving and caring human beings. Um, and I know at times, you know, these conversations, you know, will come up and, Um, I just kind of wanted to provide like an outline of, you know, what are some considerations that you that SLP should just kind of keep in mind when reading these books to their students, Um, you know, far and foremost, um, definitely listen, like as you're reading, you know, these stories, listen respectfully and consider your students point of view as you're, you know, talking about these books. you know, keep in mind that students can sometimes indirectly give us insight as to what is going on at home or in their life, respect their opinions, um, ask yourself, why does your student feel the way he or she does, try to provide guidance, you know, as needed. And if your student is experiencing something that, you know, should be addressed immediately, then reach out to the correct professional, such as a social worker, admin, or whomever you may need. Um, also, don't make assumptions and, and take the time to educate yourself or learn more about your students' cultural beliefs and practices before you assume a certain book or speech material is appropriate. Um, whether you are working in student groups or not, you know, don't expect any individual to speak on behalf of their gender, ethnic group, class, status, or the groups that we perceive them to be a part of. Um, the student may not feel comfortable doing so, or more importantly, you know, we cannot allow ourselves to assume that he or she is part of a certain group. Um, so it's kind of going back to, you know, doing your research, educating yourself about the community that you are working with or the students that you are working with. Um, overall, if you want to establish rapport, which is key, um, you know, to really getting to know your students and their families, then I suggest that you do that from the very beginning of the school year. You know, I know now we're in that, you know, back to school season. Um, I I created a letter um, in Spanish and English that SLPs can send home to their students' families. It's kind of like a questionnaire that respectfully you can provide, you know, um, to families um, so that they can provide you with information about the, the student and, you know, their family. Um, so it, that's something too that you can do ahead of time um, to really kind of do that research and just educate yourself about you know the students that you're working with, um, and and that kind of ties in with you know establishing communication ahead of time and really just getting to know your students. So uh, you know as I mentioned, sending home an, a get to know you activity where the student and family can complete um, is, is something I recommend. Uh, communicate with you know, parents ahead of time and, um, and just overall plan ahead, you know, plan a framework 
uh, discussion questions or and, and overall lead lead with your goals. I, I would say that foremost, it's important that we are also tying these conversations to our students' speech and language goals and leading with our goals because ultimately we are also trying to help our students, you know, express their ideas and point of view. So leading with your students' goals can help ensure that you are on topic and that you are guiding the conversa conversation um, in a way that will be meaningful and, and useful to the students. Um, but if like an SLP is looking for just uh, SLPs listening for more tips on just managing, you know, these conversations um, in the speech therapy room, um, I highly recommend checking out um, Indiana University's website. Uh, they have a page called Managing um, Classroom Discussions, um, and they provide really great tips on preparing for these conversations. So um, I could send you the, the link, Marisha, so, so that you could share, share with the listeners. Um, and then also uh, there's uh, the ASHA Leader also has a great article by Fung Palafox, who is also a bilingual SLP. And uh, she discusses why literary interventions for diverse populations are important. Uh, the article is called why, why Use Literary Interventions for Diverse Populations. And she also discusses some great tips on how you can support your diverse populations by building rapport um, as well, in case, you know, um, SLPs are interested in, in just learning more. Um, but yeah, these, these are great books. I, I really recommend, you know, looking into them. And um, also keep in mind, you can find free books online as well. Um, so uh, some resources that I really recommend looking into. Um, there is a website called diversebooks.org. Um, it's a nonprofit organization that advocates for diversity in children's literature. They have such great resources and, and just tons of websites on there, just LinkedIn on where you can find books like these online, since I know a lot of us are uh, doing remote learning. So you can find these books um, online for sure. Um, another website that um, I frequently use is called International Children's Digital Library. That one has so many books um, in different languages, like they have, I, I don't even know, like over 50, 60 different languages. Um, and all of these books, you could just search by the language that you are looking for um, as well. Um, and then there's also uh, Children's Book Council. Uh, so that's uh, cbcdiversity.com. Also has um, really great book recommendations. And um, lastly, uh, Diverse Book Finder. So that one's pretty cool. It's called uh, diversebookfinder.org slash books. And you can just type in exactly what you are looking for in the search engine on this website. And it will populate a list of books um, that you can use, you know, in therapy. So I love these websites. I would definitely bookmark them um, if, if um, you know, if the listeners are, are listening in, bookmark them in your computer. They're really great references. That is so incredibly helpful. Um, and I will definitely find a way to share all of these amazing links because um, I just started pulling them up and they are so incredibly helpful um, and definitely tools that I'll be using. Um, so thank you for sharing. No problem. Um, and then was there anything else that you were hoping to share or any like huge takeaways? 
say? Um, you know, just the huge takeaways, like, as I said, I, I think those the points that I mentioned earlier on, you know, why we need to diversify our materials is, is so, you know, key. Um, as I mentioned, like, you know, we need to be able to, you know, create these positive learning environments for our students. Um, we need to be inclusive and we need to, you know, start really, you know, providing that representation in the speech therapy room. Um, as, as I gave those examples, like, you know, as I said, like the popular speech therapy books, you know, we all use them. They're great, but you, you could do so much more for our students by, by, you know, covering these, these type of materials um, as the books I mentioned in, um, in your speech therapy room. Like you'll be surprised at, the different conversations that you can have with your students and, and just, you know, so many things that you can learn about your, your students to really establish that rapport, that, that trust. Like um, I, I've, I've done it before, you know, with my students and I just, I absolutely love having these conversations with them. Um, as I mentioned before, like, I wish I had that when, when I was, you know, younger, you know, growing up in the school setting, I wish I could have, you know, read a book about um, Mexican, American, Latina, you know, um, but, you know, unfortunately I didn't. Um, I really wish I had. And, and now I, I want to do that in, in my therapy room with my students um, so that they can really, really, you know, relate to the stories that, you know, we're providing to them. Yeah, absolutely. And the cool thing is that if, like, it benefits all students because learning about different cultures and just different all the different topics we talked about like that's going to help all of our students just increase their awareness of um, everything that's out there which is really cool yeah yeah it, it like I said um, earlier it's you, you shouldn't just provide or use diverse books with diverse populations. Everyone benefits from these. Um, so, you know, I just, I hope, you know, whoever's listening out there just to take, take that into mind, you know, consideration and, and just kind of start thinking more about the way you're providing services and, 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 um, and really make it, you know, meaningful for, for our students. Yeah. And the cool thing is too, like we might be thinking like, oh man, I already have a full library of books. Like I don't have money or a budget to purchase new ones. Um, but a lot of these, I haven't checked your book list, but a lot of books are available like on YouTube or through the yeah. library. So there's yeah. so many ways, like you don't need money. Yeah. You don't need anything fancy. Like you can make this happen. Um, without a huge investment and just yeah. do what you normally do with books but just yeah. add YouTube, new ones to the mix youtube and epic um the yeah. epic app you'll be surprised as to what book titles you can find on the on epic and on youtube like the full story the full version um so <laughs> definitely take advantage of those resources yeah it's amazing it's it makes it so much more accessible we don't have mm -hmm. to spend hundreds of dollars building our library um, yeah. because a lot of them are available for free, which is amazing. Exactly. Um, okay. Well, I think that brings us to the end of this um, amazing conversation. Thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge and expertise with us. Um, and then just to wrap up, 
uh, do you want to let people know where they can find out more about you and what you do? Yeah. So um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, um, you could find the list of books that I mentioned um, on bilingualspeechy.com as well as the goal areas that I, I talked about and some of the important points um, that I talked um, about today as well. Um, otherwise, um, you can always find me on Instagram, uh, Bilingual Speechy, and also um, on Teachers Pay Teachers as well if you're, if you're looking for you know, resources in Spanish um, and English as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, and I will see you next time. Thank you. Thank you for participating in SLP Connect. Remember that listening to this pod course does not automatically guarantee ASHA CEUs. If you want to earn ASHA CEUs for this conference, there is a small $25 administration fee to process and submit your paperwork. You can pay this administration fee and find more details at tasseltogether.com slpconnect. Once your purchase is made, you will be able to access the course evaluation, quiz, and earn your certificate. Please submit these materials by October 7th, 2020 at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. SLP Connect would like to thank its sponsors for offering products, services, and discounts as giveaways to attendees at no charge. You can see a list of these sponsors and enter to win on the SLP Connect webpage. SLP Connect would also like to thank the presenter of this course who has provided her speaking services at no charge. Ready to fill your digital swag bag? You can enter to win a giveaway of your choice by taking a screenshot of this course and sharing it on social media. Use the hashtag SLPConnect2020 so we can find you. The winner will be announced by midnight, October 10th, 2020. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed this second annual PodCon.